I'm so grateful to the choir that they're here this morning enriching our worship in this way. And I'm particularly grateful because having this special music on this Sunday, I think links very well with some of the words from scripture that we're hearing. But I'm getting ahead of myself. I wanna begin by telling you something that I learned in an English class in college. I took a class all based on the short story and the art form of the short story. And I had to read a lot of short stories and write a lot of short stories. And I wasn't very good at writing those short stories. The reason being is because I was so entrenched in this idea of just telling people what was happening. That's how I often wrote the narrative, is I would just tell you exactly what's going on. And what I learned through my English class is that it's better to show than tell. You might have heard this phrasing before. It's true for uh, short stories, for novels, for movies, etc. And it's an important point to wrap our minds around. I'm, I'm gonna display it for you here right now. See, a compelling first line to a story would be something like this. I could write down something that says, Fred yawned deeply as the pastor began his sermon. <laughs> See, you all laughed at that because you're picturing it in your minds and it draws you in in a different way. If I was just to tell you, I would have said something like, Fred was tired and didn't want to go to church. That's not as interesting, certainly not as powerful. When we show rather than tell, it captures us and our imagination in a different way. And now I'm learning that this is not only true about short stories and literature and media, but this idea of showing rather than telling, I think we can also apply it to the concept of hope. We're talking all Lent long about hope in different locations. And so I have been listening to Pastor Gary preach and intern Rita preach, and I've been leading these interviews for our podcast with different members of the staff talking about hope again and again. And I'm coming to realize that hope is better if we're shown hope rather than merely told about hope. Think about it, if you're going through a difficult situation, a hard time in your life, if I just came along and said, relax, it'll be fine, that's not very helpful. But if instead I showed you ways that you still had reason to hope, ways that God was breaking into your life, ways that God was acting and leading you, suddenly that's a lot more powerful, something you can really sink your teeth into. I'm thinking about all of this because I think it really applies to the reading we heard from the book of Isaiah this morning. You heard Anel read it for us from the wilderness on location, and it's such an incredible passage because throughout this, Isaiah isn't just telling us to have hope. No, Isaiah uses some real vivid imagery to describe for us what hope will look like. And now you need to know a little bit about the context. You see, Isaiah was writing to the Israelites who were in exile at this particular moment in history. They had been defeated by the Babylonian Empire, cut off from their homeland, sent into exile, some of them to live as almost slaves. And just as devastating for the Israelite people was the fact that they could no longer worship God in Jerusalem, in the temple. At that particular moment, that was such an important aspect to the life, the religious practice of the Israelite people, to worship God in the temple. But when you're in exile, you can't do anything like that. And, and so we can sort of start to understand the, the depth of despair of the Israelites, because I want you to think back to two years ago, when we were not worshiping in the sanctuary. 
because of the COVID-19 pandemic, we were all forced to be at our homes. We weren't going to restaurants, we weren't getting together with family and friends, and things just felt off and out of place. Did you feel a little despair at that moment? Two years ago when there wasn't even a vaccine in circulation yet? You're starting to picture one one-thousandth of what the Israelites were going through. And so it's into a desperate situation like that that Isaiah shows the Israelites what hope can look like. Go ahead and look at the front cover, that first page of your bulletin with the Isaiah reading, and notice the vivid language that Isaiah uses. He says that the deserts will blossom. He says that weak hands will be strengthened and feeble knees made firm. I know there's been a lot of knee surgeries in our congregation lately. That's some good news for all of you. And he goes on to talk about water streaming forth in the wilderness. It's these pictures again and again of what hope will look like. And then towards the end, one of those last lines, the ransomed will be returned to worship God in Zion. Because that's what the Israelites are hoping for more than anything else. And so yes, this prophet Isaiah helps us see that it's more powerful to show rather than tell. And in the same way, I think our choir is doing that for us this morning as well. Pastor Gary, intern Rita, and myself, we tell you all the time about God's promises, about the promises of the gospel, that there's hope in desperate situations, but I think it's music often within our life of the church that can connect us with these ideas in more tangible, more meaningful ways. There's something about hearing the words of our liturgy sung to us that changes the way we encounter it. There's something about hearing the words of hope, the promises of the gospel sung to us with their melodies and their harmonies and the different dynamics and the rhythm. All of it opens our heart and touches our soul in a way that mere words can't. You see, I'm so glad our choir's here today of all days as we're talking about hope in the wilderness because this beautiful music that they're sharing with us, maybe that can be what shows us hope today. I'm not arrogant enough to think that me telling you about hope again and again is going to work. Sometimes we need even more than that. I mean, after all, why do you think there's always a hymn after the sermon? Because if a pastor's gonna tell you for 12 minutes about hope and promise, maybe that won't fit, but maybe it's the music that will finally connect us with these ideas. So with all of this in mind, the importance of showing hope rather than just telling us about hope, I want you to hear now the gospel passage that's assigned for today. It comes from Matthew chapter 11. Beckett's going to read it for us here from the pulpit. And just listen for the desperate situation that John the Baptist is in, but also how Jesus responds to his questions and doubts. Go ahead, Beckett. When John heard in, <clears throat> when John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? 
Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist, yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be Christ. Thanks, Beckett. Great job. So we hear about John the Baptist, who is in prison. And it's in this wilderness moment that John finds himself that he now starts to ask questions. He's wondering if all the work he's been doing of proclaiming and preparing the kingdom of God, the way of the Lord, he's starting to wonder if he's actually on the right track. He says to his disciples, go out and ask Jesus if he is the one that we've been waiting for. So John, in the wilderness, in prison, is filled with doubt. And notice how Jesus responds. He says to John's disciples, go and tell John what you see and what you hear. Go tell him what you see and what you hear. You see, Jesus wants to point to all the ways that the kingdom of God is being shown in the world. Jesus could have said, hey, just go tell John not to worry about it. But as we've been discussing, that's not as powerful. It's not as compelling. Instead, Jesus points to the lame who are walking and the blind who are seeing, the deaf who are hearing, the poor who are receiving good news. Jesus is trying to show John that yes, he's correct, that yes, Jesus is the Messiah, that yes, there is reason to hope, even in prison, even in the midst of your doubts. I hope that this passage uh, brings you great comfort. If not today, then whenever in the future, when you might encounter a wilderness moment in your life, we can often find ourselves in the midst of doubt and questions, in the midst of hard times when we don't know how to move forward. But notice what Jesus says. He, he doesn't condemn John the Baptist for having doubts. In fact, Jesus says, no, no, no one is greater than John. It gives me great comfort to know that someone like John had doubts and that Jesus thinks that that's okay. As if, yeah, this is just an aspect of our life of faith. But not only that, notice also how Jesus points to what is seen and heard. Maybe you have a lot of questions this morning. Maybe you're in the midst of some sort of wilderness time yourself, or maybe that's going to happen some way down the road. But I hope that you can take Jesus' words to heart. What do you see and hear? What signs of hope are bursting forth around you, even in a difficult moment? Maybe think about here. What do you hear at Bethany? Do you hear beautiful music? Some of it hundreds of years old that's been performed and offered to bolster the faith of gathered communities like these. What do you see? Do you see dozens of kids running up for the children's sermon, excited to hear the stories of faith passed on to them? What do you hear? Do, do you hear about the Last Supper that Jesus offered where he gave bread and wine and established this ritual so that we could forever be connected with his sacrifice and love? Do you see hundreds of people streaming forward to humbly receive this gift each week? Friends, those are just some of the signs of hope here at church. I'm sure also if you look out at your life, you'll start to notice that there are people who are offering you words of encouragement 
and care when you're going through a hard time. You'll see people who are reaching out to those who are least and lost and lonely to help their lives be improved. The truth is, God is revealing signs of hope every single day. Sometimes we just aren't aware enough to notice it. But it's true, God is constantly showing us there is hope in the wilderness, hope in our doubts. And the reason God does this is because God knows that showing is more powerful than telling. For thousands of years, God tried to tell the people what to do. Hey Moses, here's 10 commandments. I want you to bring those down to the Israelites and tell them that this is the best way to live. And again and again, God would try and tell the Israelite people to not have any other gods because it'll only make your life worse. Until finally, God decided to show these promises and these words. God came down from heaven and was born as an innocent, vulnerable baby to unwed parents in a stable, as if to show us once and for all that there's no place that God won't go for God's people. And not only that, but God was also showing us that when we feel vulnerable or alone or like we're in a wilderness moment, that God's already been there. And in fact, God is here with us now as we struggle with doubts and questions, as we wander in the wilderness looking for hope. These aren't just nice ideas. God's not just off in some distant reality separate from us. No, we as people of faith proclaim that God is with us now in order to be a loving, compassionate companion even in the midst of a wilderness moment. We know that there is a God who loves us, who has chosen to be with us, and who will walk with us through whatever wilderness we might face. Amen.